and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Hello everybody, it's me, it's Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of Wednesday Night Wars, which is now my baby. I have taken over from David Hockney and it is going to be super and magical. This week... I have brought along my fellow Albuquerque's co-host, my tag team partner, my buttercup to my bubbles, my Trent to my Chuck Taylor. It is Quacku. Can I clarify something first of all? Right. Now, you told to, you said to me this was Albuquerque Grabs. You lied to me. You brought me here on false pretenses. However, seeing as I'm here, why not? Let's talk about Wednesday night. Let's do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shocking, <laughs> shocking behaviour that. <laughs> but yes, make sure you're just subscribed to us so you're on the extra feed listening to us right now. Make sure you hop on every so often when Scottish Wrestling is back up. Listen to Abago Graps, which is the, yep. the A show. No, 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 we, no, no, no. We, we don't need to claim any of that. We, oh, we no, just, no, we don't. We, we just put it out there and let the listeners decide. We don't have to make up some fake tag team championships or proclaim ourselves or any of that nonsense. So let, let them do that. Ew, proclaimers. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm the one person that like originally comes from Edinburgh that does not like the proclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Make sure you're subscribed to our main feed. We are on Anchor, iTunes, all good podcasting sites, including Spotify. You just jump onto suplexretweet.com and you will find a link for each of our shows that will take you to your preferred podcasting platform. And if this is your first time listening, hello. And if it's a returning listener, hello. But this week... Me and Kwaku are going to be breaking down AEW as well as NXT, the two shows that claim or that everybody claims to be at war with each other. So kicking off the show, we had FTR, formerly known as The Revival, taking on The Butcher and The Blade and this was FTR's AEW in-ring debut. Kwaku, did you think this was a a good starting off uh, match for FTR? Yes and no, and I'll tell you why. Like, the match was great in, it, in itself, right? The only f- the thing about it with me is that it's just the way it was booked because it, I'm not going to lie, AEW-wise, Butcher the Blade have actually stolen my heart because I, I knew, I, I, Grant, I hold my hands up, I knew nothing of them. And their very first match, I was just like, wow. I, I, I love these people like they're absolutely great but they really didn't get much of an offense in to um, FTR and stuff so that's that's my only criticism yeah the, the I don't know what they call it now I've forgotten the the shatter machine what it was formerly called in WWE it was mm-hmm. a bit excuse the pun butchered but hey it is what it is yeah, that was something I did pick up on um, because they have got themselves a new finisher but they have renamed the Shatter Machine which is quite upsetting for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because we all know that the Revival was one of my favourite tag teams in WWE but they've now renamed it the Goodnight Express That's it But I do agree, Like when, when that happened we don't know who 
was maybe at fault, but it just didn't quite go the way it was meant to be going. I think it was more Dax with the flapjack. It was an initial flapjack that wasn't... It, it, it didn't get the right lift, or it didn't get the right... It was quite off... It wasn't straight like a flapjack should be. If you look at the uh, traditional flapjack, so like the Dudley Boy 3D and stuff like that, it, it just wasn't lifted straight. So it didn't give uh, Cash Wheeler the opportunity to do the, I, d- I don't know what you call it, the knee... The, the, the double knee face buster. That one. Um, it didn't give him the opportunity to do that cleanly. But hey, yeah. on that, I did love the ending though. Yeah, see the ending is when we, we have been seeing this as a sort of Twitter war for years and years and years so we're finally getting to see it but the young bucks came down to the ring to formally introduce themselves <laughs> it's like hi i'm matt and you're like okay this is the way they're gonna go um and you had the butcher and blade attacking the young bucks once again mm-hmm. but we also had the newly for, well, not even nearly formed tag team, it's a newly named Super Bad Death Squad, which SDS to... It's just it's just the rest of us, and we're like, this is this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we had Kenny Omega running out to help his friends mm-hmm. with Hangman Page casually strolling out with a drink. Why not? <laughs> See, that should be a tag team, him and Orange Cassidy. Not just the people that don't care, putting a little effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? But we've all seen what happens when Orange Car- Cassidy actually puts in effort. Mm-hmm. Which we will talk about later on, like, in the show. Mm-hmm. But I I think this is, like, this is a great way to kick off AEW. Last week, I was talking about the amount of tag teams that AEW have got, and now they've just added a top-tier tag team. It's It's... It's just going to get better and better for them. Mm-hmm. See, also coming up for just before Fighter Fest, like we don't even know if Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are going to still be the tag champs because everyone else seems to be getting a tag team title opportunity before the best friends who have been number one contender for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Honestly, I, I, I would love that and I would love them to win the belts because... Like Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, them holding the tag belts. I, I don't know. I just feel like they're holding up the division because they're not really to, they're together, but are they really together? Like you see other teams, like uh, uh, um, what do you call it, Private Party and Young Bucks and now FTR, Butcher the Blade. They all do things together, and you 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 haven't really seen. Uh, Hangman Page and um, Omega together as much so and AEW has a really strong tag team division and up until well Wednesday there uh, they had a kind of gap where they weren't being utilised as well as they could have if you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah no I completely agree like I think if best friends don't win the tag titles I'm going to first of all throw a screening fit <laughs> Um, because I love the best friends a lot and mm-hmm. because they have been number one contenders for well over 12 weeks now and they've still not had their tag team title opportunity. It so needs to happen. It needs to happen and it's going to happen at Fighter Fest. Mm-hmm. It just depends on who's, if it's going to be the natural nightmares, which if it is, I'm 
I, I don't mm, see I'm, that happening. There's no, too much. I don't see that happening. There's too much dissent. QT is too fixated, fixated on Ali. Um, Brandy doesn't like Ali. The natural just seems frustrated. So yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the question to be had: is what is Ali's role in all this? Because she's before... quite clearly undercover agent. <laughs> I know, well, it's no longer the butcher, the bunny, and the blade. Mm-hmm. Like, the bunny has now somehow disappeared and turned into Ally again. Yeah. Um, Post-lockdown, like, before lockdown, she was she was the bunny, and now she just sort of appeared back as herself, and now is obsessed with QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there, but I am quite intrigued to find out what actually oh, happens. Oh, I, I, I know. I know I... I uh, a fisher woman when I see one she's well she's well gone her cleaning sinker you watch <laughs> yeah she'll probably be the downfall of the natural nightmares and cutie has displayed the typical size of someone that's love filled you watch oh yeah and it's going to be heartbreaking to see when it finally happens mm-hmm. we're going to move on to the next match which was a women's tag team match so we had Penelope Ford and the former champion Nyla Rose taking on Chris Statlander and the newly crowned AEW Women's World Champion Hikaru Shida. I loved this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wait, loved it. I'll let you in on something. So before I watch, I know a friend of the show and a friend of ours, Tom Brock, watches AEW Live. And I saw mm-hmm. a tweet from him saying, Women's uh, tag team match was amazing. And I thought, hmm, okay, I will definitely check this out. It's actually quite funny right now. Um, On my background, on my TV, I've got pineapples right now that just appeared on the Google Chromecast, so there we go. (laughs) Um, But I watched it, and wow, my favourite bit has to be Nyla Rose doing the, uh, the leg drop from the top rope, and then just crash landing onto... Uh, Statlander uh, Hikaru Shida, I love that Yeah, no, it was it was a really good way to showcase that Nyla is still a very, very dominant force within the AEW women's division mm-hmm. um, The one person that I was most impressed with was Penelope Ford though Okay, yeah, the, yeah The other three women, we already know what they're capable of mm-hmm. and Penelope's not had the greatest t- platform on AEW just now she's finally starting to come into her own but she she looked like she still belonged and she was still really strong in the way that she's carrying herself I don't know if that's helping from being with Kip or mm. not um, because we all know when she was with Joey Danella she wasn't really wrestling a great deal Mm-hmm. But now you can see she's a lot more polished as well in the ring and I don't I, it might be down to Kip who knows but I was really impressed with her this week mm-hmm. um, see one thing I always love to po- point out when it comes to a Hikaru Shida match is Austin Gunn ringside likes to take her jacket and wear it mm-hmm. oh, yeah. is, is that what that because uh, yeah I've, I noticed something <laughs> oh, like, I've, I, like, it, it, now that you're mentioning it yeah 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 no, I see what you mean <laughs> Yeah, no, he's a big Hikaru Shida fan and he does he does look after her jacket every <laughs> single match that she's in, which I think is quite cute. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you're wanting to see continue within the Swords Division? Because I feel like it is actually finally starting to, to y- get a good stride. Yeah, it, it really is. I'm, it's something I'm really interested in. 
is the Dr. Britt Baker DMD in particular because I think in this form that she's like a role model and stuff, yeah she is injured but this this has the makings to be something like you know like when Champa was injured and he was still doing you in fact he was on fire I, I literally I actually think that when Champa was injured that's what really elevated them to a whole new level because he found a new way of being despicable I find that with Britt Baker she's doing it in her own way she's doing it her own thing I just think that I'm intrigued to see what happens with her and I would have might seen her be that future uh, women's world champion yeah I, I've really been enjoying Dr. Brick Baker DMD I, mm. I feel like if I don't say it fully that I, she's <laughs> going to have alarm bells go off in her head yeah like, I know she's not going to listen to like a podcast from Scotland but just in case oh she will find a way <laughs> she uh, will. exactly so it's just like the radar <laughs> um, but no she has been finding like new ways that I've been liking like her vignettes and the sh- the, she's sitting ringside in the, you know the Rolls Royce and everything mm-hmm. I I couldn't quite get over that <laughs> <laughs> next match we had coming up we had the inner circle taking on the best friends with Orange Cassidy now I, I want to say before we get started with this Chris Jericho, who is one of your favourites, who is your favourite, mm-hmm. he seems to have an issue with fruit. Yes. He <laughs> doesn't like Shug, who he now has named Pineapple Pete, and Shug is a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's killer seeing him on AEW each week. And now he doesn't like Orange Cassidy, so he's clearly got something against fruit. Maybe when he was younger, Mama, Dada, Jericho forced him to have not five a day, but like 50 a day. So he's just like, now just completely hates all fruit of any kind, pineapple, blood oranges. You notice how he had to say blood oranges because he Mm -hmm. hates them that much. He couldn't just say orange. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's something that I've picked up on. It's like, I just keep wondering, like, we've got QT Marshall that's got like an apple. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol as well, so I don't know if he'll be one of Jericho's next targets like further down the road. Because Jericho's just sort of done it all on wrestling, so he could have a lot more fun with it. This is it. This is where Carlito now needs to join AEW and have that feud oh with Jericho just to sort out the fruit debacle. <laughs> but see, now I think that Mike Tyson's just going to come out with a fruit bowl. <laughs> It'll be Dave's fruit bowl. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So oh, well, we'll we'll crash into Dave's house. We'll give him we'll give Mike Tyson the fruit bowl. <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, that actual match was absolutely br- brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Jericho commentary. Do you know what I love about him on commentary is that he is so un- he is so biased. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the more biased he is, because obviously you're maybe neutral in commentary, but he's just so biased. And the thing I love about him is that he, 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 he like this is this is an true art. He can bury someone but put them over at the same time. He can put somebody over whilst burying himself, and he can just put people over for pizza people over sake. But either way, he's always putting over the people that he's talking about, and I just love that. Yeah, it's this, it's the small things that you wonder if he just comes up with that on the spot mm-hmm. because his commentary 
over, especially like during lockdown and when the shows were pre-taped. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Tony Schiavone were a golden duo, mm-hmm. and that's why, like, see at the very, very beginning of the show when he sat down beside, he's like, "I'm going to sit down with Tony Schiavone. We made this. What you guys were not even here." <laughs> I could not contain myself because I have a weird thing against Excalibur. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so every single time that he was bashing Excalibur, I was more in love with Jericho. Mm. Well, like, I listened to the Talk is Jericho interview with Shook himself, and he literally said the Pineapple Pete thing just came to his head there because apparently back in the day when he was with WWE, there was a, a, some sort of shop or restaurant or bar that was called Pineapple Pete's, and they used to just go in there to get up get up to maximum tomfoolery and stuff like that and that's where that came from and he just saw him in a pineapple shirt so he just went pineapple pee and <laughs> look what it did yeah it's 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 actual killer to see Shug is the fact that he was wrestling Jericho on Dynamite not that long ago either <laughs> it, it's great to see especially when you see the journey that he has had yeah yeah but coming back to the match so Inner Circle were taking on Chucky T, Trent and Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I I love this match, mm-hmm. but anything that involves the best friends or anything that involves Orange Cassidy just gets me. Yeah. Like, Orange, when he gets in the ring with Jake Hager, it's like the kick, mm-hmm. the kick, and then it's like the, the 0% effort <laughs> into, I'd say, what, 3% effort? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maximum effort, 3%. That is Cassidy all over. Um, and also see that uh, pin combination that he did. <laughs> like, it was so... It, it, looked, it looked so lazy, it looked so sloppy, but yet so good. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it suits him. But you can tell, like, it's, it's an art form to do something badly. But like, look good if you know what I mean. It's because, mm-hmm. like, if you've perfected something, it's quite hard to go back and do it like crap if you know what I mean. Yeah, it takes like a great deal of skill to be able to wrestle with like your hands in your pocket. Yeah, like it's hard for some people to just do it like normally trying to get their balance. But exactly, it's not natural because you need your hands. Like, see, so doing some something simple like jumping or something you use your hands as a form of balance so just mm-hmm. to jump and run with your hands in your pocket it's a bit it's your your hands there's a reason your hands and your feet are coordinated to do certain things and just to take that out is a bit it's really unnatural yeah so i think that's that's one of the things that makes Orange Cassidy stand out mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see where this goes with Chris Jericho because we all saw after the match mm-hmm. it was a post-match beatdown as you would probably expect from the inner circle minus Sammy Guevara mm-hmm. but Cassidy was actually busted open with yeah. Jericho's bat um, Floyd. <laughs> with Floyd and then Jericho brought out a sack of his you know, specific blood oranges and start <laughs> battering Orange Cassidy with them. Only Jericho can hit somebody with a bag of oranges and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really put like a new perspective because obviously we know that Chris Jericho wanted the baddest man on the planet mm-hmm. and Orange Cassidy was the one that answered the call. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with this. And oh can I just excuse 
can I just have a moment to sympathise with Orange Cassidy? He's busted open and Jericho squeezes orange juice onto his head. Can you imagine how sore that would be? Funny enough, Daniel said the exact same thing. It's, it's like citric acid into you know, it's no. going to be sore. Yeah. <laughs> no. So just to lie there and take it is a, it's another whole level of respect because I'd be mm-hmm. sitting there crying or rolling around screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I'll, I'll not nah because i hate seeing myself like i don't feel the pain but if i see myself bleeding i'm like ah, ah, like I, I, I don't like seeing myself bleed but hey mm-hmm. yeah we had the next match which was the spanish god himself sammy guevara taking on colt cabana mm-hmm. another friend of the show now poor colt cabana has been on a very big losing streak Mm-hmm. ever since he lost his undefeated streak <laughs> to Lance Archer um, and this just sort of goes on to tell that he's not been having the best time especially they keep highlighting him slipping on the ropes mm-hmm. um, and this again just put Sammy on a whole new level as well because this branched off into two two different directions as well with these two men and their storylines mm-hmm. Sammy is a top in ring performer like I had never seen him before um, he had competed at All In originally mm-hmm. so it was it's really good to see like that progression mm-hmm. very much so I mean uh, for me the little touches I loved was like leaving the electric scooter for Colt set me up mobile oh dear that, that man's evil that man well, is evil it's small things, absolutely small things, which just sort of make it. Mm-hmm. But coming off of this match, Sammy defeated Colt Cabana, and post-match we saw the the return. I've been so happy because I've been mm-hmm. looking for them for weeks of Eva Luno and Stu Grayson, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the rest of the Dark Order. You know, I'm part of the Dark Order. Join DarkOrder.com. <laughs> Are, the, have, have they brainwashed you? I mean, uh, giving you a membership? Oh, no, I am actually part of the Dark Order. You're part of the Dark Order? <laughs> I am part of the Dark Order. Don't, I joined please, the mailing list. <laughs> please, please don't, please don't, um, please, please don't try and recruit me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I was more interested in the fact that Eva Luno's been off of TV for ages and I kind of missed them. <laughs> <laughs> so and it is his Twitter game has been on par. It's been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So I also have to talk about the shape that he's gotten himself into in comparison to a year ago when they first joined to mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It is amazing the difference of Eva Luno. Mm-hmm. And he's back and I'm so happy. Yes. Very much but so. I do wonder what their next steps are going to be though, because there has been, I think that um, the Exalted one was a bit rushed, like not rushed in, if you know what I mean, like as if you wasn't ready, but it kind of, it just had the hallmarks to have peaked too soon, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I do completely agree. Um, I think they just sort of needed a challenger from Oxley. I think they could have been a lot further down the line to push the Exalted One, but they have played it out for a long, long time as well, so but it's anyway, a bit... I, I said the Exalted One purely because for like, I don't know why, two seconds I forgot his name was Brody Lee. <laughs> <laughs> 
so like, what's his name what's his name so. I hope it wasn't obvious then but I've definitely made it obvious now but oh well oh with that it's we're not known to you know breaking that fourth wall Patu, so <laughs> no. it's alright I just heard David Hockney in the back, back going bots <laughs> We saved it. It's okay. I know. I'm keeping anyway. it in, by the way. <laughs> it's definitely been kept in. <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested to see, um, because the Dark Order have been trying to recruit random wrestlers over the past few weeks, but more more recently it has been Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. Um, he first of all accepts the bottle of water from the Dark Order, and just after the ad break this week we saw him enter Brody Lee's office mm-hmm. so who knows um, if he does decide to join the Dark Order what number will he become? Uh, 69 <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask <laughs> alright okay so he's going he's gonna to be number 69 no bother you watch um, see if he see if he's <laughs> see if he is see if he joins and he does become number 69 like honestly I should be put on all forms of pedestals or whatever because that is superior knowledge right there I was going to say I'm the one that's been doing like really good for predictions and sweets sure this um, COVID-19 but if that happens I will bake you a cake I, I should be put in some form of a hall of fame or something <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And after this as well, um, after the match, we had Matt Hardy coming out in his various different forms, which mm-hmm. I am loving. The fact that he is jumping between um, being Damascus or being Matt Hardy 1.0 or version 2.0 or being the broken one. It is... It's weird to see like a sort of split personality disorder, Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. It's because really with with all this is that Matt Hardy, you kind of all his characters are very unique and very different, but yet they work, and they would work in a certain situations if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where they bring into this whole Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy because. Sammy, I think, would be the one to break off from the inner circle before anyone else. Well, I think they will banish him because, let's be honest, he doesn't have the best win-loss record. That's also true, but what, why break up the sex gods? Because this is inner circle, they, I don't think they... You watch, they, they, they're all after them, themselves, even Ortiz and Santana. They're all after themselves, they're not really in it for the inner circle. They, uh, I, I bet you to uh, in the inner circle in Jericho's pecking order it goes Floyd, then Jake Hager and then Ortiz and Santana and then um, Sammy, you watch it'll be Sammy's keyboards and then Sammy mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it, unless Sammy is the one to start a mutiny against Chris Jericho mm-hmm we don't know, but I love the creative control that they just sort of went, you know what, you have at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another talking point, um, he wasn't actually competing this week, but John Moxley was being interviewed in a parking lot, trash mouthing Taz, as well as the number one contender, Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very sneaky move for Taz to distract Moxley so this big scary man can run up behind Moxley and batter him. Well, I don't know about you, but generally, if if somebody, if two people really want me badly, 
I don't know about doing an interview in a parking lot. I mean, right now I'm recording in my room, which is kind of converted into a studio now. Um, I know for a fact that nobody's going to run in and try and beat me down or whatever because I'm locked away in my house. So I wouldn't go out in a public car park. Just, just while I'll throw that out there to uh, Mr. Moxley if he wants to take my advice or not. But I will. <laughs> I'll throw that out there for him. Yeah, that's going to be the title match at Fighter Fest. Mm-hmm. Going to get like a wee early prediction. Do you see Brian Cage taking the title off of John Moxley this early? No, I see the next champion as Lance Archer. Ooh. See, I'm really, I'm really torn because Brian Cage is first of all a big scary man, mm-hmm. a very, very big scary man. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he has been signed with AEW since pretty much the beginning, even he was meant to be taking part at All In originally until Impact pulled him. Mm-hmm. So, and he's, he's, he's with Taz, and Taz is one of the biggest trash talkers in the world. Mm-hmm. So, it adds the personality, and Cage is just the physicality of him. He looks like a champion, but I think if it came down to a street wrestling match, yeah, he would probably beat Moxley, but if it came to like a fight, mm-hmm. Moxley has this in the bag. Yeah, for sure. It's really, it's hard to tell though. But the fact that Moxley has his heart, and that's that's something that will get you out the trenches and get you that mm-hmm. win. So yeah, that's why I don't fancy Brad Cage right now to take the belt. I mean, I say this now, I'll probably be proven right wrong. That's always the case. But anyway, I'll I'll hedge my bets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, we're going to move on to just a tiny wee segment before we go on to our main event. Um, Tony Hawk made a nice wee appearance mm-hmm. on AW this week um, with Darby Allen because Darby was not medically cleared to wrestle, mm-hmm. so he decided to do a skating trick that nobody had ever done before. Mm-hmm. It was good to see a wee bit of behind the scenes with that, but it was it was cool to see Tony Hawk, especially knowing. The, the pro skater games are getting remastered and they're going to be getting released soon as well. Which is amazing. Of course, it's with the new PlayStation and Xbox, but oh well. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like everything's like pre-planned. Do you know I love that the commentary was Jericho going, Do you know what that was? Do you know what that was? And he's like bringing attention to Tony Hawk and I love that. Yeah, he's like, That's Tony Hawk! I'm like... Mm-hmm. Well done. I actually <laughs> felt really bad this week because I didn't even notice um, Justin Roberts was back doing announcing. Yeah. Uh, I can't mind when it was that I clicked, <laughs> but I feel really bad. Oh, I, <laughs> like, uh, obviously, because I do ring announce certain shows, I always... Um, it's research, just seeing the positions and what they do, where what they say, the tone they say. So it's all research and stuff, not copying, research. And <laughs> I'm always paying attention, no matter who it is in the ring, I'm always paying attention. And as soon as I saw Justin Roberts with the announcement, I was like, yes, because I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, um, all the previous, they've done all great jobs and stuff, but. Justin Roberts is just Justin Roberts. He's just fantastic. Yeah, I think it. Oh, I remember it was the women's tag team match when he was announcing Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. But this is just because of um, being the elite that he was just sort of stuck announcing Nyla Rose over and over and over. That it's now seared into my brain. 
Um, but I, I have missed I have missed Justin. Dasha has been doing great. Love Dasha, but there's nothing like Justin Roberts. It's just it's, it's Gian. Well, Gian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I mm-hmm. love it. But we're going to move on to the main event, and um, because this has been the main event two weeks in a row, mm-hmm. actually, uh, it's the TNT Championship like open challenge. So Mark Quinn of Private Party was the one to answer uh, current champion Cody's mm-hmm. um, open challenge. It was last week that that was announced. Mm-hmm. First of all, I need to ask you: Are you a fan of Private Party's new entrance music? I think I may need to grow on me a bit more. I've, I mean, I've heard it once. I need to hear it again to have a full opinion on that. So, come back to me next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Quacky saying he's coming back next week to do this as well. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we still need to discuss contract obligations and stuff like that. I mean, first of all, you lied to me in the first instance, so that's not a good start to this. <laughs> Um, whoops. Thought so. <laughs> as, I, as I press my fingers together, I'm like, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I wasn't a fan. I'm not going to lie. I loved the original entrance music. Mm-hmm. So when it came to this new one, I was like, huh? no, no, I, I like the shots bit, but mm-hmm. no, it, it, it wasn't quite the same. And the fact that, you know, Mark Quinn. It does not come from a place where you need an invitation apparently that's both of them mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of upset me a little bit but this was a really good match Yeah, I would think like Mark Mark Quinn, I've never actually seen him like on his own mm-hmm. so this was a really good thing to actually see the fact that he came out accompanied with Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy mm-hmm. so it's, it's the Hardy private party mm-hmm. I mean that just sounds so cool it actually does, doesn't it? It shouldn't work, but it probably will work. Because mm-hmm. they do need, the private party do need the balance of that person that is more like foundation, foundation based wrestler kind of thing. And that mm-hmm. kind of person to kind of bounce off with. I did, and Mark Quinn, I did love the corkscrew DDT thing he did. I don't even know yes. what it was. I don't even know where it came from, but wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, the the corkscrew into a DDT, I was I was astounded. I was like, wait, wait, what, 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 what? Yeah, it was really good. Well done. It's it's good to showcase the fact that Quinn is a high flyer. Yeah, yeah. As well, because like he had like the springboard from the middle rope into like a standing moonsault. Mm-hmm. He was diving over the top ropes. He was doing like four fifty splashes, and you're like. There's lots for him to be doing. Mm-hmm. I did like the fact that they they told the story with the fact that he had his his leg that was injured. Yeah, and that's the thing that Cody basically countered with the submission on the injured leg. Mm-hmm. It was continuing that storytelling. Yeah, and he was even lumping out the back. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested to see where Private Party and Matt Hardy go because um. The segment earlier in the night when Matt Hardy was like comparing them mm-hmm. to like a younger version of the Hardy Boys, and you could just they allowed them to just be fans at the same time. See with me because AEW's tag team division is so stacked and strong. I wouldn't complain if they brought out like a trios championship. To be honest with you, I'm pretty sure there ha- there's been 
speculations that they could bring out a trios championship because they are creating mm-hmm. a lot more trios as of late. I mean, you have the Death Triangle, you've now got the Private Party with Pat Hardy, mm-hmm. and you've also got the Best Friends in Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. That's three you've got right there, and it does not take much for, say, Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss to grab, say, Shook. Shook can join them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, especially because when you look at it, there's a lot of wrestling on network TV, as the Americans would call it, or if we call it over here, cable TV or whatever. And there's not, there, or well, over here, it's AEW's on Freeview. But when you look at what's on Freeviews and stuff like that, so you've got like your Impact, your WWE, and AEW, and none of them do Trios Championships. So, there's a scope for that there. Like trios is reserved to like uh, I think it's AAA, New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor as well, isn't it? Or am I yeah. lying? No, you're right about AAA yeah. and New Japan. I'm not too sure about uh, Ring of Honor. I I've think. just maybe combined them because they work together and stuff. So yeah, they were mm. affiliated with each other at one point. So yeah. Or are they not anymore? Uh, I have no idea. Oh well. <laughs> Someone could clarify that for us, Grant's <laughs> well. <laughs> um, after post-match, we had Jake Hager was the one to decide he's going to answer the next open challenge by attacking Cody post-match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this led to Private Party with Matt Hardy um, backing Cody up and more members of the Inner Circle come out to join on the bat rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Santana still had an orange in his hand and decided to throw it at yes. someone. Do you know, it, but, that's the next cinematic match. A fruit fight. Oh my god. <laughs> there you go. Done. Get booked. I mean, uh, I mean, like, seeing like Spain and stuff, they have their annual Tomatina festival. Yeah. Where they just have a massive tomato fight. But oh my god, the skin. Like, I've, I have a friend from Spain that says, your skin burns up. So everyone begs people inside to throw buckets of water over them because it gets really stingy. So yeah, they should have a massive fruit fight. Make it happen. <laughs> I think that would be really, really fun. Mm. And again, but this Shook, Shook will automatically win because can you imagine getting a pineapple thrown at you? <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy that. Just shook out of nowhere with the pineapple. <laughs> yes, you should get like a pineapple cannon or something and just shoot them all. <laughs> right, we know that Shook is more than likely going to listen to this at some point because we we love Shook and Shook loves mm. us. Mm-hmm. Now you're just putting ideas in his head. let me put it this way the ideas in that man's head I don't need to help him in any way let's just say he's got this (laughs) yep again I like the storytelling of this because at the end um, to finish off Matt Hardy had a twist of fate to Sammy Mm -hmm. so again this led on from like an earlier segment in the night Mm mhm yeah, I think that's like what I particularly enjoyed. Um, but was there anything that was like the most standout for you in the entire night, Quacky? Um, it has to be for me. <laughs> Although I, I may seem like I was a bit down on In fact, you know what? Just, I'm going to change up because I was going to say something else, but I was down on it at the start a wee bit. But I just think that... Chris Jericho was really the glue in this episode that just kept things running and kept 
like, and he wasn't doing it to be all about him, which I liked. It was like he just kept continuation of stories. I was just he was just highlighting so much. So I think in this episode, Chris Jericho has to be my MVP. Yeah, no, Chris Jericho was one of the ones that I I found very very high about this episode just as soon as they announced Le Champion has returned to commentary I was like that's it it's going to be a good it's going to be a really good episode Mm -hmm. Um, because I think in the past few weeks that's what has been lacking like nothing to take away from Tony Schiavone Mm -hmm. nothing to take away from JR maybe a lot to take away from Excalibur but (laughs) that's just my personal great preamp who knows but I think uh, I think Jericho if he's not doing any wrestling or doing like any in-ring segments he needs to return to commentary because the man's just, you know, comedy gold. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to jump over to the um, USA Network. I want to have a quick rundown of NXT TakeOver In Your House because just the main event, I knew one thing that you would be ecstatic for, and that is the car that the Velveteen Dream was driving. Yep. <laughs> yep. As soon as I saw that, I was like, Quacko's going to be so happy with that. Do you know what car it was? It was a Lambo. Ah, there's more to it than that. Well, it was a, it was a yellow Lambo. Alright, oh, it was a Aventador <laughs> Super Veloce or Aventador SV, basically. Love that car. To me, it's a yellow Lambo. It's the part. It's sick. It is sick. <laughs> that, that guy, Velveteen Dream is tall, so his knees must have been right up to his face driving that thing. <laughs> Hmm. It's not. It's not. That car's not really designed for people over six foot. You, I, I mean, think the one thing that really scared me was the fact that like they had all these cars for the backyard brawl, mm-hmm. and I was like, please don't let that car get battered. <laughs> no, please I, don't let that car get I mean, battered. <laughs> I mean, that car is probably worth sub four hundred thousand pounds. So yeah, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but yeah. Adam Cole retained his NXT championship, which means that Velveteen Dream is no longer allowed to try and compete for the championship while Adam Cole is champion. Mm-hmm. This but week he's he gonna did- lose it anyway, so that does that's that, that's a bit of a BS stipulation. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about this at the end, of, like towards the end, because that was the uh, post main event. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'm very excited for, um, but there was, this was a lot of storytelling that came away from NXT Takeover in your house because during the match, Dexter Lewis decided to abduct Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish, mm-hmm. um, which it was really quite funny because you saw Marina Shafir, who is Roderick Strong's wife, tweeting that she hadn't seen him. Mm-hmm. in a while um, and Kyle O'Reilly also tried to put out a wanted poster mm-hmm. to try and find Bobby and Roderick which apparently they appeared back in their houses 12 hours later not knowing what happened to them Oh well. which I'm so intrigued to find out what's going to go on with Dexter Loomis because the guy is creepy yeah he's a damn good artist though he's not creepy he's just misunderstood <laughs> I mean, he doesn't talk, so that's an easy way to misunderstand him. I suppose. But it's the fact that his drawings basically predict the future, because mm-hmm. his drawings did show that he was driving away with the Undisputed Era in the back of a car, mm-hmm. and this next picture is somehow people dying, I think, by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we had Adam Cole declare himself as the most dominant man 
and it was, it started off with one of the best in-ring segments with Roderick Strong basically getting very paranoid and playing into the fact that he did get abducted. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's in the crowd, he's in the crowd. Turn around, just you, you see him, and it's like it's Dexter was just like falling to the ground every single time Bobby goes to turn around. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Eddie's coming, and all the all the toys fall to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's like only the way I can think of it is Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Very true, very true. I mean, um, <laughs> it's it's above all. Um, see that this is a thing about it is that with the whole pandemic and stuff it's bringing out a weird type of wrestling so we're getting to see some extra dimensions and stuff that we don't normally That we, so it, that's the exciting bit that I like yeah obviously I'm not a big fan of I'm not as well they need to make what they need to I'm not a big fan of the no crowd thing obviously that's that's understandable but it gives the scope for something different to happen and I'm all for it Absolutely. I mean, I know a few people might say that the the opening segment and everything that's been going on lately has been like a bit unnecessary. Mm. But it was it's still fun because even if it doesn't mean to be hilarious, it still is. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, like, and with the era of no crowds and stuff, open it. Like, I'm more focused on the promos and stuff like that. Because I'm interested in promos, I'm interested in what they say, what they do, and all that kind of stuff, and that's where you get your little quirks. The matches themselves, yeah, obviously I watch it, but I'm more focused in on the promos and stuff, so that it suits me fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, like, what this did is this set Loomis and Cole up for the main event of the night, which mm-hmm. I think it's it was way too early to bring Loomis into the main event picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they're trying to just sort of fill some time and continue the stories as best they can, I don't think they had any other choice. Mm-hmm. But we're going to move on, and we had a lovely mixed tag team match with um, the the newly revamped Johnny Gargano and the Poison Pixie Candice LeRae taking on the North American champion Keith Lee and his lovely mistress Mia Yim. Mm-hmm. Uh, again. I thought this match was hilarious. Right, I'm gonna burst your bubble. I was not, <gasps> a, I was not a fan of this. Ooh, okay, to tell. Right, the only part that I kind of had a big reaction to was the DDT at the end with uh, Keith Lee and Palin <laughs> onto um, Candice Lee and. Oh my god, she looked deep. <laughs> like no wonder. That's the only bit I reacted to. I just felt it was a real too awkward throughout. Um also I'm I'm not a fan of Hugh Gargano in this way. And the reason is is because what always made me like and respect Gargano was just his effort and his work ethic and just what he'd done in a match. I mean, even when he did the heel turn, when he attacked Alistair Black, he still had that effort and stuff. i just seen him being a more lazy, laid-back Gargano. I just... It's, it, I, I, I understand why he's doing it. Like, don't get me... Before anyone says anything, I understand why he's doing it. But I'm just not sold on it, personally. Yeah. 
I think the one thing that got me was the start of the match, um, and you had Johnny Gargano squaring up with me, and then little Candice mm-hmm. trying to square up to Keith Lee. <laughs> that and was funny, yeah. It's it's the fact that poor Keith did not know what to do. It's just like there, there's a, it's like a little dog syndrome. Yeah, I mean, see, the, the most awkward bit I found was when they were doing the whole thing outside, um, and like carefully catching me again was quite cool but oh yeah that was cute uh, but the the whole thing like they were it was obvious they were meant to do things simultaneously but they were all off timing and stuff yeah it's i don't know maybe i just watched at the wrong time because i i basically i i record onto my digital box because i watch it back but it just didn't yeah it was yeah yeah, I think um, one of my takeaways from the match was, um, oh, it's really hard to say actually, because you had Gargano rolled Keith Lee up for another three count, mm-hmm. so it's just making you wonder, can Johnny get the job done when it comes to the big time again? Because mm-hmm. he's already beaten Keith Lee in a singles match and then he failed to win at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. But then he's won again. It feels a bit chop and change. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other people that I feel deserve a. Well, as I mean, our argument could be that he's he's rolled them up, so he deserves such opportunity, obviously. But I do feel that there are other people that should be in front of Gargano for a North American title match. Yeah, no, there's it's it's a bit of a weird thing because like it's like fifty fifty booking mm-hmm. in this top angle. I mean, we're kind of lost, mm-hmm. and I do agree he shouldn't get immediately back into that title contention um, because we do have a a lovely competitor who later on in the night mm-hmm. has already staked his claim to the North American Championship mm-hmm. uh, in Finn Balor, which we'll talk about that later on because I want to hear. Was so good. But well, I want to hear your thoughts on Cameron Grimes when we get to, when we get to it. Okay, that that's going to be a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's going to be the same as mine. Okay. Um, so next up we had Inda Share, which is a big, big, scary tag team, mm-hmm. uh, and they were taking on just some local competitors in a very, very quick squash, uh, squash match. They they killed them. Yeah, uh, I noticed uh, I, I forgot their names, but I think it was Mike something. And um, I noticed his ex- enthusiasm to not get into the ring. <laughs> he did, yeah, he did not look like he wanted to be there. He wasn't even standing fully in the corner. He wasn't holding the tag rope. He um, Orange Cassidy shows more uh, enthusiasm to get into the ring. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm saying all this, but I, if I was in that situation, I probably would even walk out of gorilla position, so he's he's doing a lot better than I am. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a bit weird. Like, you have to let them get some momentum mm-hmm. by giving them squash matches. Um, yeah. Because we know that they were clearly supposed to go in the direction of challenging the Brosa rates. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because Pete's not been able to get back into America due to, you know, lockdown, mm-hmm. it's sort of been a wee bit of a confusing situation. So hopefully yeah. they'll, they will get to do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
they're, they're a mad manager. I mean, I, I like when he has that smile, then it changes to that death stare. It's just so good. Oh, I love this guy. Like, I couldn't quite remember his name. Is it Robert Stone or something, I think it is? No, no, that's... Oh, wait, we'll talk about Robert oh, Stone oh, in yeah, a second. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> we'll getting, talk about I'm Robert Stone. I'm getting my managers mixed up. <laughs> yeah, no, Daniel had to actually remind me what the guy's name was because mm-hmm. I had no idea. But you know what? We will talk about Robert Stone right now because okay. me and Scott talked about this last week of how we feel it's a bit too early for him to be having a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Or do you think it's hilarious? Um, I just find it hilarious because you came in like a uh, William Large Penis as if he was the, <laughs> the as if he was the business and stuff like that when really he hasn't. Oh yeah, no, I I absolutely loved it. Like it was a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of nowhere, Chelsea Green is accompanied by the Robert Stone branding. You're like, right, when did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but after Chelsea won her first match, well, actually, won her second match, essentially, mm-hmm. um, through the help of Charlotte Flair, she she fires them and poor Robert has been he's been searching ever since to try and find someone to represent and this week he tried to rep- um, try to get Rhea to join his brand which I loved her reaction <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that she just she just killed him yeah I mean I mean and simple no I'm alright thank you very much thanks for offering pal would have been sufficient but obviously that's not the Ripley way so I will I mean he did bring it on himself as well because he did follow afterwards just try and continue she's like look no means no power slam into a table so (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) but we're going to move on because we have new number one contenders to the NXT Tag Team Championships in Breezango what was your thought that when Breezango um, beat out the Undisputed Era and Larkin and Birch to become the new number one contenders oh these people um, it's so good that they're back and stuff like that and that promo they also cut was just absolutely fantastic where they just get confused by their na- people's names and stuff like that um, um, and really interested to see where this goes because at the moment there is a big confusion well not a big confusion but there, uh, obviously with what uh, what's happening in the world it's a bit unfortunate I think they, this is an opportunity to build up the tag team division again um, particularly because um, when it was like uh, War Raiders yes I'm using their name War Raiders um, <laughs> Uh, Lorcan and Birch and stuff and who I think deserve a tag team championship uh, because those two have just been absolutely fantastic um, Mustache Mountain, uh, Street Profits the law, yada yada it's it's, it's kind of I think in, in all the divisions in NXT the Covid has really and obviously because obviously Pete's not there the tag team division has suffered the most out of all of them. A cruiserweight championship had an amazing tournament and had the highlight of Drake Maverick getting the contract, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. But mm-hmm. um, tag team division hasn't had the same kind of buzz, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think, um, see, when they were doing the 
the triple threat last week and they were saying, oh, we've got this mystery team. Mm. I didn't for once think it was going to be Breeze Angle. <laughs> I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's, as far as we were concerned, Fandango was out with an injury. Mm-hmm. So I I was ecstatic. But <laughs> 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 um, it's also the fact that you've got these two tag teams. So it's Fandango with, Breeze, with Tyler Breeze mm-hmm. and they're taking on Imperium who at the opposite end of the spectrum Mm-hmm. In terms of serious tag teams, yeah, it's Comfort. something that I, I'm I'm shook. <laughs> I mean, they are the perfect people to go up against, like the traditionalists and Imperium and stuff like that. You do need that kind of yin and yang in there, because uh, Imperium are Imperium Imperium are very much <laughs> traditional. Respect the match. Uh, no tomfoolery, no nothing, no nothing, straight up match. They'll only do it like a ladder match if they're forced into it, but they will go in with gritted teeth because it's not respect to the ring and stuff, so you do need them for that kind of making fun of novelty aspect. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think one thing that I took away from the, um, just, this, just this promo that Bruce Angle done, um, and I was, I was saying this to Daniel as well, is the fact that they've not swept under the rug mm-hmm. the fashion files and everything that they've done when they were on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and that they, they do remember, and this is why like, they like entertaining, and that's where it all came from, and they still want to keep that aspect, but mm-hmm. as soon as the bell rings... Then they turn into a serious, a, like, want to actually take this out and win. So, right. So, I, that's the one thing that I really liked because we know with WWE they do tend to air quote on air quote forget things <laughs> um, or sweep it under the rug or pretend it never happened. So, I think when looking at this, it was it was good to see. It's like yes, we did do this. We did this. We were maybe on a a, lo- a lazy streak after this, but we've come back and it is it's good to see because th- those two men were always standouts for me. Mm-hmm. As well, like I was saying, Tyler Breeze always deserved a championship in NXT when he was like when he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if like if the North American Championship had been around at that time, he would have been the king of that division. Yeah. So it was fun to see. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to see Imperium versus you know Brizango. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, finally, the time has come because I like to ask people their opinion. What is your opinion on Cameron Grimes? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I will not accept that answer. What is your opinion on Cameron Grimes? No comment. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm, yes! I'm not a fan. Yes! I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the only thing I'll give him, I did, get, I did find it funny when he was pretending to be injured. And that the was referee, hilarious. The referee was trying to explain that William Regal is on, <laughs> is on Zoom. <laughs> on Zoom. He's like, it's like I can hear all of it when you're meant to say you got dislocated jaw, but yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that just doesn't bring you to, you know, the fan of the fandom of him? His gimmick, his look, his persona. It's, 
you know me i'm rarely i, I try not to be down on people because i always think that oh they can so like see like um certain things like we see when people talk about jinder mahal there are certain mm-hmm. things i'll say no i like because he is a true heel he's not like a heel that would pander to crowds by doing like a slogan or something that they can recite back or something like that and he's a true heel but it's mm. anyway yeah you asked my opinion there we go (laughs) don't worry because i have the biggest gripe against cameron grimes i what is your gripe right my gripe is the fact that his character and gimmick is the exact same as what it was in the indies except he has now got a tiny hat i don't like it (laughs) i have the biggest gripe yeah, I know, it sounds stupid. I know, I know. No, but no, but that's <laughs> fair enough. But because the the fact I'm thinking is like I've I'd never heard of Cameron Graves until he came into NXT, so I had an opportunity to absorb him in with fresh eyes and fresh perspective there because I'd never heard of the guy until then, and. I can see what you mean by that because I've like I've not I've not taken to him. I've, I never took to him at the to, uh, the break. I think it was the breakout tournament he was in. I never took to him then. I mean, I'm even forgetting what he's done because I'm just never taken to him. And I've just I just um I, I'm I'm all for opportunity. I'm all for that. Get get. I I just want something that makes me want to care because right now i'm sorry i just don't <laughs> no i i do agree i actually tend to i, I keep threatening to throw things at the tv <laughs> whenever do, i see him don't do that because you'll end up where you'll end up still pissed off and with a broken tv <laughs> well that's why um i got i had what was it i had in my hand the other day like when i was watching it i think i was like drink, taking a drink and i was threatening to throw it or it was my barbecue sauce bottle and Daniel you definitely don't it. want to do that. You definitely no, don't. It, Daniel switched it for a pack of tissues, so I can still throw it. And okay. <laughs> like get get the frustration out. Um, I think it's more the cockiness, like of that character. Like, why like, is he even cocky I beat about? Finn Balor. Yeah. He beat Finn Balor oh, once through <laughs> cheating. And I hate the fact that they're one apiece now. Oh, uh, but yeah. Can, can we move on from him, please? <laughs> that's yeah, gonna well, be a headache. I'm the not... one thing that I really, really liked, I like people seeing, I like seeing people beat him up, right? That yes. is what I like to see. So Finn Balor beat him up, mm-hmm. and it was brilliant. And the fact that Balor went and spoke directly to the camera and called out Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Now we, you'd expect Balor to go after like what people would deem the top prize. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's never been North American champion and Keith Lee is a new challenge for him, mm-hmm. I am all for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's definitely the. Um, I think that's the sidekick behind it. Um, it's completed the trio, if you like. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because he he did actually win the inaugural Dusty Classic, but they didn't get a tag team championship match or mm-hmm. a tag team championship belts. Mm-hmm. So, but I think Finn right now, there's no need for him to be in the tag division. But this will be the more logical step because obviously he doesn't have the a tag team partner. So this will be the logical because that's what I'm talking about for the future is that he wants to get the trio. Mm-hmm. 
That's why I could easily win a tag championship mm-hmm. by himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, why else would um, why else would he want to basically um, be back at NXT? Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably the best move for him mm-hmm. to move to NXT. Because mm-hmm. again, you've got all these guys that it's like dream match. Like, I would love to see this guy against this guy. I'd love to see this guy against this guy. And we're actually getting to see it mm-hmm. because they've now is they they're more like trying to establish NXT as that third brand. Yeah. I mean, as well, like recently, uh, Randy Orton's been taking shots at Tommaso Ciampa so again that's something that we could probably see down the line yeah but we'll move on away from the the bad cowboy with the tiny hat <laughs> and we'll move on to an, like the women's match of the night and we had Dakota Kai taking on Casey Catanzaro mm-hmm. which it's good to see Casey back mm-hmm. the little spider monkey that she is mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. It was just meh. It was just there. It was meh. Um, I yeah. have, it's not good. That I don't have an opinion on it because that's not really right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what this is more wanting to do because post post match, even though, like Kai did beat Kat and Zaro, mm-hmm. um, we have a whole bunch of female tag teams. Developing in NXT, uh, we have Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Mm-hmm. They are really good friends and uh, a tag team in themselves. And you have Kai and Gonzalez. And just after this match had happened, it did state that after Backlash this Sunday, mm-hmm. the winners of that match would be facing the team of Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. Mm-hmm. Because we kind of we haven't seen the NXT women. Uh, no, not even the NXT. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championships getting defended mm-hmm. on NXT in a long time. Yeah. So I think it's 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 definitely a good way to sort of bring up a women's tag team division because mm-hmm. you've got so many women and there's only so many people that can maybe challenge Io Shirai mm-hmm. uh, right now. So it needs to happen because um, I, I I do feel that the the way that the women are being booked on NXT right now is better than, for example, Raw. And let's be honest, the, uh, when the Kabuki Warriors had the tag team championships, it kind of dwindled a bit. So, and I'm not saying it was the Kabuki Warriors' fault because obviously they had some injuries and whatever have you, so that didn't help the situation. But it's... I, I just feel like the momentum needs to be brought back and oh my god the iconic and um, I know they're not an NXT then they, they should be the ones having that belt again I mean I love the Iconics mm-hmm. so it's always really great I mean I think I, on a daily basis I like to watch a, just a compilation of Billy Kay mm-hmm. just to her talking mm-hmm. makes my day every day yeah so we'll move on because like the highlight of this COVID-19 at the moment I'm, and I feel really bad for Jordan Devlin I feel really bad for him the fact that he was he won the NXT uh, Cruiserweight Championship at the start of the year and unfortunately he's been stuck in Ireland not able to defend the belt and NXT go ahead and crown a new champion 
Mm-hmm. At the start, they did say he would be an interim champion until Jordan Devlin would be able to compete again uh, over in NXT, but now it's no longer interim. I keep screaming at the TV that it's an interim championship. I was like, how mm-hmm. dare you? <laughs> but we had, like, last week, me and Scott did, like, a wee bit of a fantasy booking. Well, not even fantasy booking. We, we were speculating what could possibly happen because... From the start of the year, we had um, these masked men. I know you from the start of the year since I would say about mid-April time because I I actually found a tweet that I tweeted out at the start of, start of May saying I wanted to find out what happened to Raúl Mendoza and Joaquin Wild because nobody seemed to be looking for them. Mm-hmm. Like it was for over a month, a month and a half, nearly two months since Raúl had been taken the first time. And they hadn't tweeted, they hadn't been on social media whatsoever. I was like, right, this is really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the masked men were Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. Yes. <laughs> and El Hio del Fantasma has now revealed himself as Santos Escobar. Mm-hmm. Is- Which is needed because I keep on getting them confused with El Fantasmo in terms of name. <laughs> but... Um, that also, wow, I am so sold already on this. So sold. And I cannot wait to see. They better not butcher this. I know it's NXT, so there's a less chance of it, but oh my god, I am so sold on that. So sold. <laughs> I, I was actually quite impressed with it. It was, it was a great reveal because yeah. you just see the two men and you have Drake Maverick who is in the ring congratulating um, Phantasma. Mm-hmm. And then you see them approach the ring and just the, the turn around and you're like, oh dang, oh dang. <laughs> oh, can I say they completely swerved me because I thought that those people were for uh, were with Drake because I thought he might have pulled out some uh, put, uh, people in a luchador mask just to hook line and sinker Phantasma, but no, it was the other way around, so they swerved me on that one and I loved it. I think what swerved me was the fact that it was right after um, Kushida had had a match with Raul Mendoza that he got abducted and then the same for Joaquin Wild. I know with the whole changes with Drake Maverick gaining popularity since like his release and now getting the contract, mm-hmm. I do still believe that the Cruiserweight Championship tournament was supposed to be the push for Kushida. Okay. Um, just just simply going off like the start of it when Raul and Joaquin got kidnapped right after their matches with Kushida mm-hmm. uh, I was swerved like after that when whoever it was next had a match against Kushida and they never got taken I think it was like actually in the in the tournament mm-hmm. um, but I do believe that it was actually meant to be Kushida to get that push to the final mm-hmm. um, just because just by weighing up like those odds, uh, that's what I do think was actually supposed to be the case. But mm-hmm. things change all the time. Yeah, and they still made it work with Drake Maverick, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that moment at the end last week with the whole contract was just fantastic. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was really, really lovely to see as well. Mm-hmm. And again, a new contract actually brought new music for Drake yeah. Maverick as well. So it was it was like a sort of fresh start for him. Absolutely. And this brings us on to the main event. Mm-hmm. 
So we had Adam Cole deciding that he was going to put Dexter Lewis in his place. We had talked about this earlier on. Um, and like I'm looking at the the results for just so I can remember like what went on and it's got the thumbnail of Dexter Loomis drawing the picture of him driving the Undisputed Era away in a car mm-hmm. from last week's NXT. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a good one because again you had Roderick Strong was proper selling this mm-hmm. from start to finish coming down the ramp even getting distracted doing the Undisputed Era entrance. Yeah. If you got if you got to do the boom. Yes. I mean, that's what he does, though. He creeps you out. I mean, yeah. It, it's the fact that I, Bobby doesn't seem to be frightened of him. Whereas I don't think on Bobby, the other side. I don't think Bobby fully und- understands or appreciates the creepy level of it. Roderick Strong is, let's be honest, since he's became heel, he's just a bit... Uh, chicken off everything so he's naturally more on edge and he notices things that Bobby doesn't. Bobby just is Bobby and he he won't see it until he's stuffed in a trunk. That's when he'll believe it. Yeah. And what did you actually think about like this this match in general? Um like the match in general it was okay. It was yeah it was it was it was great. I mean it was fine but the thing is though I just saw it as like a transition match and I knew something was going to happen and it did. Yeah, we'll see. This is one thing, like, after this had happened, um, the Velveteen Dream came down to sort of help Loomis because he was getting beat up by the Undisputed Era post-match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was wondering how they were going to transition to, like, just do an ending mm-hmm. of this. Um, but when it ended up with Adam Cole standing alone in the ring, yeah. You knew something was going to go down, you just didn't quite know what. Mm-hmm. And this is the one time I would have wished for an empty room. Yeah. Because I think this is when this is when you needed it, which is Scarlet appearing ringside, walking down with the hourglass, mm-hmm. and just her walking away. I think that would have been perfect if like, like the NXT guys were not there chanting mm-hmm. Fall and Pray and chanting TikTok. I think it should have been complete silence yeah you're like creeping everybody out well exactly like it, it took it away mm-hmm. a little bit like how creepy it actually was that was just absolutely fantastic and oh my god that that stopped that um, minute that timer Woo! I need to get myself one of them that's <laughs> that's something you see on like um, Dickinson's real deal where the person brings it and is like, oh, I got it from my grandfather who got it from this person. How much is it worth? Who is a Bobby Dazzler? Probably about fifty quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I completely agree. I'm really not shocked mm-hmm. that they are pushing Carrion Cross this mm-hmm. early. We all know that like they are very very high on him considering he has got one of the best entrances oh, ever. Oh, sick. Like, he, 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 see that thing with uh, WWE? One thing I hate is when they have these spectacular entrances and then they shorten them and shorten them and shorten them and shorten them, and shorten them and, 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 until it's just left with the guy runs out straight. That's it. Um, yeah. Now, I am... Um, um, I am... Um, <laughs> I'll just hope they leave it as is or leave him to evolve it in any way he wants yeah I think like it can come across as a bit sudden because mm. 
Karen Cross has only had the one like the one match in on NXT TV, and then he had his match with Champa at Takeover in Your House. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's been truly built yet because. I know that there's a lot of people out there who had never seen Karrion Cross before. Like I've had the pleasure of actually like watching him when he was known as Killer Cross out mm-hmm. in the Indies. Um, so I know what he's truly capable of, but there'll be a lot of people that are quite new to who this guy is and then it's it seems like it's a bit too soon. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me because... Adam Cole's been champion for over a year, so it's like, who's going to be the one to actually take the belt off him now? Yeah, well, that's the thing, because um, a year championship reign in NXT has has been rare recently, especially because when you look at NXT, there are so many on the roster that if you put the belt on them, you would feel, yeah, they... They carry themselves as a champion, or it needs they need that momentum going forward. I mean, case in point would be Velveteen Dream, Keith Lee, and definitely not Cameron Grimes. But anyway, you know the picture. <laughs> uh, Karen Cross, um, Dominic Dijakovic, so many people out there um, that I feel would just carry that championship. And I'll go. I'll throw another person in there. Charlotte Flair. Yes, I've said that. Ble- read and weep. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk that Charlotte is wanting to move to the men's division. I sort of I compared her to this generation's China mm-hmm. because, like, yes, China joined the women's division after she had been wrestling with the men, mm-hmm. and Charlotte seems to be going in the opposite direction. But there's nothing really left for Charlotte with the women. Mm-hmm. So. They've done it with Impact with Tesla Blanchard. They did it before WWE with China. Mm-hmm. They might as well just move for the times because Charlotte's now a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. So that's that's who I would throw in there. Mm-hmm. No, there's a whole bunch of good names that you've thrown in there, Quacko. One last question. How would you rate both this week's AEW and this week's NXT? Out of what? What should, what should we give it? I'd say out of 10. Out of 10. So, AEW, I'll give it a 7. And NXT, I'll give it a 5, I'll be honest. Because mm-hmm. it was... I know it's the NXT right after In Your House, like a pay-per-view. And they aren't always as stacked because they need that momentum. But I, I just wasn't feeling it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think the Go Home show was actually a lot stronger oh, big time. than it was last week. So, like last week, um, I agreed with Scott that NXT was slightly better than AEW. Mm-hmm. But this week, I would give AEW an 8, and I would give NXT about a 5 as well. Okay. But it's interesting to see where they're all going to go from here. Mm-hmm. And that has been a very long but intricate Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah. Very it's, awesome. been a, it's been a good chat, Quacko. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you guys agree with me and Quacko, or if you want um, Quacko to join me once again, please hop onto our social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet, and you know, just ask for Quacko to stay with me on Wednesday Night Wars, and we can take over two shows on the Suplex Retweet Extra. <laughs> I mean. I mean, why not? As long as you don't lie to me again. 
okay, um, I don't know what I can say to make you gain trust in me again. Just don't lie. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's why I'm. That's why I'm saying to you now that if 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 it's what if we'll, we'll put out and see if if it's what the people want. Fair play. And as always, I hope everybody is having a more a lovely morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on whatever time you are listening to this or wherever you are in the world. And we will see you soon. Bye now. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!